All right, we get to dive into part two of our series today, Winning the War in Your Mind. If you got your Bible, go ahead and grab it and open to Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. I told you last week, uh, at least in one of the services, I might have missed it in the other one, but that we are going to be journeying through this series uh, a lot with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a lot to say about the mind. We talked about how he's even kind of the, the ultimate mind warrior in Scripture, that this guy uh, has a lot to say about how to win the battles in our mind. So we're going to pick up a couple of his other writings today. We'll be in the book of Romans. We'll also be in the book of 2 Corinthians. We'll also be in the book of Philippians, three letters all written by the Apostle Paul that empower us to win the war in our mind. Today in part two of our series, I've titled this message, Taking Your Mind Back. Taking Your Mind Back. We saw last week how Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians, and we'll see the verse a little bit later on, but, but he makes this comparison. He says, we demolish strongholds. Uh, and that they, a stronghold was a fortress where prisoners were often kept. Uh, and that many of us in our minds, we, we've become a prisoner in our mind, and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize that our mind has been hijacked, that our mind has been taken over by this faulty thinking, by these lies from the enemy, these lies from the culture, these lies from the flesh that are keeping us from walking in the freedom that Jesus has paid for us to have. So today we'll start with one of my favorite verses from years and years and years back. I think I memorized this verse in like 7th or 8th grade. But it's Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and it says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In fact, one translation says, do not be conformed any longer. So in other words, the default mode is to conform. So he's saying, we're not going to do what we used to do. We're not going to fall for what we fell for before we had Jesus. We're not going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So there's a pattern. The world does things a certain way. The world loses control in the mind. The, lo the world loses victory up here. The world buys in to the lies of the enemy. So Paul says, believer, Christian, son of God, daughter of God, you don't conform to the pattern of this world. You're not supposed to look like everybody out there. You're not supposed to act like everybody out there. In fact, you're not even supposed to think like everybody out there. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be, everybody say it. What's the next word? Transformed. God's got a transformation in store for you. Man, God wants to change some things. I always, when I see that word, I can't help it. I'm a child of the 80s. I think of Transformers, right? I had the toys when I was a kid, and then they made the movies uh, much later on in life. But, but man, there's this idea of, man, they're, they're a vehicle here, and now they're this robot warrior over here, right? They can morph. They can transform. I think it's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do for you. He wants to transform some things. He wants to change the form, the patterns in your mind, those, those pathways that are in your mind. He wants to begin to transform them. In fact, he doesn't just want to do it. He's calling you to play a part in it. Notice he doesn't say, let God transform your mind. He says, you got to not conform. You choose to not be conformed, and you will be 
transformed, right? So there's a part you've got to play in this. It says, by the renewing of your mind. Your mind needs to be made new. Here's what happens when you receive Jesus. When you come to Jesus, you, have a, you are a new creation. There is a new birth. What is new about you? You get a new spirit. You get a new spirit that's now connected to the Holy Spirit. That's now a new creation in Christ Jesus. What do you not get? You don't get a new body, right? We don't come to Jesus and all of a sudden, man, magical weight loss, drinks takes form, right? We, we don't come to Jesus and all the hair grows back on our head. Uh, like, we don't come to Jesus and all of a sudden we look like we did when we were 20 again, right? Like, that, nothing changes in our physical body, right? We don't get a new body. We also don't get a new mind. So you come to Jesus and you still have the same thought patterns, the, the same beliefs, the same experiences up here that you had before. And so God says, I will change your spirit. Nobody else can change your spirit. But I'm inviting you into the process in conjunction with the Holy Spirit that you're going to make your mind new. But it doesn't just happen. That's why somebody can be a Christian for 50 years and still have the same mind patterns, the same thought patterns, the same struggles that they had when they came to Christ because we don't automatically grow up in Christ. We have to choose to grow up in Christ. Maturity is a choice. And so there's battles we have to fight. In fact, I believe that the greatest battles you will ever fight will take place right here. That the most important victories you will ever win will take place in your mind. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think the way the world thinks any longer. Don't believe what the world believes any longer. We've got to take authority. I don't know about you, but I'm capable of making some really dumb, irrational decisions. Can anybody else identify with that? I will illustrate this with two stories. You don't mind if I make fun of myself, do you? I know Carissa sitting in the back, she does not mind if I make fun of myself. She's enjoyed it for many years. She was in my youth ministry a long, long time ago. Uh, so let me tell you a recent story, then I'll tell you an older story. So yesterday, uh, Cody Rogers, this is Cody right here in the middle. Everybody say hi, Cody. I'm going to make fun of Cody a little bit in this story, too, but it's more about me. Uh, so Cody and his son, John, took me and my son, Judah, fishing. We went camping Friday night out at Pickwick, and then we went fishing yesterday, and we caught, like, 55 skipjack and an accidental catfish uh, and a, a bunch of bass that we threw back. We had a great time. It was an awesome experience. Uh, Judah did catch me with the hook right here at one point in time. So I almost lost an eye yesterday. It was almost a very significant day. Uh, but by God's grace, I can see. Uh, and, and thankfully, the hook didn't get me too bad. There was just some blood. Uh, there was a lot of fish blood and some Troy blood in the boat. Uh, but it, was a, it, was, it was a strong day. So we're coming home. We're driving home. Uh, and we know we need to stop for gas. Uh, you can see the, the meter is trickling down. It actually tells us he's got, you know, one of the computers in his truck that tells us, hey, we've got enough gas to get home, but we're going to be cutting it close. So we're coming back, and when you're coming back through Corinth and, and through, like, Highway 72, these gas stations are ridiculous. They're all charging, like, 419 a gallon. 
So we're like, no, we're not going to stop there. We're not going to stop there. We're not going to stop there. We're like, we can make it a little bit further. So we get uh, almost into DeSoto County, and we see a gas station, and this one's still 419. And we're like, no. And Cody starts to stop, and I said, no, man, we can make, we're going to get cheaper than that. We can do this. Okay? Trust me. Uh, so, so we keep driving, and we get to the Shell station uh, on Alexander. We're pulling into the Shell station, and literally as we're pulling in, he goes, we just ran out of gas. So we're... <laughs> We're coasting down the hill into the gas station. We're going to make it. We got momentum, right? Like, like we've got gravity on our side. We're going to make it to the pump. And as we're coasting in, a Tahoe pulls out from the parking spot right in front of us. Cody has to lock up the brakes. The Tahoe sits there for a minute, finally moves, and then we're stuck. And so literally, we ran out of gas like 100 feet from the gas pump. Go ahead and show this picture if you don't mind. This is Cody's truck. And that's Cody filling up a gas can. By the way, the Shell Station on Alexander charges $16 for a gas can. So we ended up spending much more money because we ran out of gas than we would have had we filled up for the 30 cents more. You know what I'm talking about? Irrational decision. We lost time. We lost money. But in Jesus' name, we got a sermon illustration. Okay, so maybe it worked out. Uh, I told him yesterday, I said, can I use this tomorrow? And he said, yes, you can. So, so I, got, I got this picture. Not a great decision. Unfortunately, this is not the first irrational decision I've made in my life. Go ahead and put up this picture of me from 2006. Uh, we got zoomed into a, a little bit there. Um, you can hopefully see my hair. Um, so what had happened was, uh, back in like 2004, 2005, I had a bunch of friends, and it was like the, the trend was like long, shaggy hair, right? And their hair looked good, right? They, they had it. They pulled it off. I had short hair my entire life. Always had short hair. Always had it nice and, and clean. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to grow my hair out. You know, these guys, they look good with the shaggy hair. It's time for a change. So I just started growing my hair out, and I made the irrational decision. I didn't consult with anybody. I didn't talk to a hairstylist or a barber about, like, hey, what do I need to do to make this look the way I want it to look? I just let it grow. Uh, and I let it grow, and I let it grow, and I let it grow, and that was not the best decision I ever made. And so you can't get a real good look at that right there. Um, I'll, I'll find another picture and post it for you this week so you can check that out. But uh, I look back on my long hair phase and I groan. Uh, I, I, I wince at myself. I, you can also see there I'm on, uh, I was extremely cool. I had my Motorola flip phone uh, that I was working. Uh, so this was a good era in my life, obviously. By God's grace, uh, I had some people speak into my life, and I finally cut my hair. And it wasn't too long after that uh, that I started dating Melody and got married and moved forward in life without all that hair. So thankfully, I was able to, to make that move, but I wasted many a long time. Some of you remember, how many of you remember long hair me? Not that many of you, but there will be a few of you that knew me in that era. Okay, a, a few of you remember that. Um, so we, we all make some irrational decisions, don't we? We all make some dumb moves, whether that's letting yourself run out of gas, whether that's choosing a style that you look back on in 20 years or 15 years and say, what in the world was I thinking in that moment, in that season? We all make irrational decisions. Why does that happen? Well, last week we talked about the neural pathways in the brain. 
right? We, we talked about how in our brain we have these neural pathways. If you go ahead and throw that up for us, uh, we got a kind of a picture of this, that these pathways form anytime we make a decision, there's a path in our brain that is created. And when we repeat that decision, that pathway gets stronger and stronger. So you see how some of these pathways are thicker than others? The reason why some are thicker is those are repeated pathways in the brain. They start very thin. They start, it's, it, there's a difficulty there as that path is made, but man, the more often we do it, the easier and easier it gets. That's really good news if we choose to start renewing our mind. If we choose to start feasting on the word of God, if we choose to start believing what God has to say about us instead of what the world has to say about us, instead of what our past has to say about us, instead of what our experience says about us, it's really good news because those pathways are going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. However, it's really bad news if we don't. Because if we choose to continue with the status quo, to stay where we're at, all we're doing is we are reaffirming those lies over and over and over again in our mind. We are reinitiating those bad habits over and over again. We're sinking them deeper and deeper into our brain the more often we do them. That's why it's important to fight this today, not next week, not next month, not next year, not when it's convenient, not when it's easy, not when my financial situation changes, not when my relationship gets better, not when whatever future thing that we try to put things off for happens because it's going to be that much harder when we get to that point. We got to fight this today. We got to take up this battle right now. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. The vast majority of life's battles are won or lost inside of your mind. So why do we lose these battles? Why do things go this way so often in our life? Well, here's why I think we make irrational decisions. Here's why we grow our hair out when it looks terrible on our head. Here's why we run out of gas. Here's why whatever irrational bad decision you make happens in your life. It happens because those wires in our brain get crossed. When I was in high school, I got a Dodge Stealth, a 1992 Dodge Stealth in 1999. It was my pride and joy. It was my vehicle that I was so grateful for. And one of the things that I did right after I graduated high school is I, I did what I think every, like, 18-year-old boy, at least back then, wanted to do. I don't know what they do now, uh, but I needed a sound system. Right? You can't just have a nice car. You need your car to draw attention audibly as well as visibly. You want people to know when you pull up next to them at the stoplight, right? Uh, and so I didn't have money to put a great system in. I had about 100 bucks, and so I got two kicker 10s, two 10-inch kickers. Uh, and I had a buddy who was like, oh, man, I can put those in for you. So I made the mistake of trusting Trevor. Uh, and trust Trevor installed my sound system, and it worked. It sounded good, but shortly after he installed my sound system, my car started to die a lot. I started needing to jump my battery all the time. It would hold up okay if I just stopped somewhere and ran into a store for a few minutes, but if I let it sit for a few hours, I would get in, and sure enough, it would be dead. I'd have to jump it. I'd have to find somebody. Could not figure out what was wrong. Burned through batteries, bought a new battery, bought a new alternator. Right? Went through all this stuff to try to fix my electrical system. Eventually, something happened, and I disconnected my speakers, and all of a sudden, my battery kept working. 
Trevor, in wiring my sound system, he crossed some wires where my system was pulling battery even when the system wasn't on, even when the ignition was off. And so if I was driving and the alternator was charging the battery, I was okay. And it might have a little bit of juice after I stopped, but if I stopped for very long, it would drain that battery and I'd have to charge it again and again and again. And so that 50 bucks I saved by not hiring a professional to install my sound system ended up costing me like $450 by the time I bought two new batteries and an alternator, right? Some of you are like, that's way cheap. This is 20 years ago. I'm old, okay? I know the math doesn't check out, but that was around what it was back then. Just trust me. Uh, this is pre-inflation. It's a different world now, I understand. Uh, something happens when wires get crossed, and things start to get a little screwy. Things start to happen that shouldn't happen, and what I believe is going on in many of our minds is we've had some wires crossed where we started to believe some lies We've started to believe some things that are not of God, and those wires are going to continue to drain us, to sap energy from us, to sap strength from us, to prevent us from getting from where we are to where we need to go until we get those wires uncrossed. You understand what I'm saying? So what we're doing in this series is we're empowering you to begin uncrossing some wires, to begin fixing what the Trevor Hunters of your life have crossed up in your mind and get that stuff right so you can have the energy that God has called you to have, so you can have the strength that he's designed for you to have, so you can have the faith and the hope and the encouragement that God has already paid the price for you to have Yet there's something that's gotten crossed, and you're not walking in it. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. These are very foundational verses on this topic. I want to read them again with you today. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says this. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not. Everybody say, do not. We do not wage war as the world does. Last week we talked about how often we fight the wrong battles. That's why it's so important for us to identify what are these lies that we're believing so we can fight the battle right where it's at. So we can't win the right battle until we fight the right battle. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, dynamite, dunamis power, explosive power to demolish strongholds. In other words, you have within you the supernatural power to destroy these strongholds that are holding you back. It exists within you. It's called the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit within you is enough to set you free from these patterns of the world that you have bought into, that are bringing discouragement, that are, that are bringing exhaustion, that are bringing frustration, that are sapping you of hope, that are calling, causing you to believe that what you experience now is all you'll ever have from God. God's given you the power to demolish those strongholds. Verse 5, he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension. In other words, we're battling with things that, that are false. They're pretend. They are based on a false pretense. We're battling against every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Say take captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
In other words, we're not just going to settle for whatever comes into our mind anymore. We're actually going to grab those thoughts. You can't control everything that comes into your mind, but you can control what happens to it. So we're going to grab those thoughts, and we're going to take them captive. We're going to make them obedient to Christ rather than letting them take us captive. Amen? Why does every thought matter? Every thought matters because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is moving right now today in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you aren't happy with the direction that your life is moving, there's probably some wires crossed up here. There's probably some thought patterns that need to be addressed, that need to be worked on. doesn't mean you're a failure as a Christian. doesn't mean that, that somehow you don't have enough faith or you don't love God enough. It just means there's a battle you haven't won yet, and Jesus wants you to win it. He's empowering you to win that battle. So your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind and stays in your mind will come out in your life. It just does. In fact, I believe this, that you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Right? We, we can't. Um, I told you last week, but just to make sure and reiterate this, um, this is based on a book by Pastor Craig Rochelle in a series that Pastor Craig did at his church, Life Church, Oklahoma City. Uh, and so, man, if you're quoting me or citing me on social media or something, I, I'm not trying to take credit for all of these statements. These are not necessarily mine. Some of them are. Some of them are his. But, man, I, I want to empower you with this. It's good stuff. I'm not worried about, man, it coming from me. I believe this stuff is from God ultimately, and I believe it's going to bless you. It's going to empower you. It's going to help you. Um, if you don't control what you think... You'll never get control of what you do. Right? We think it's the opposite, that we think that everything matters out here, that it's behavior that we need to change, but the reality is we've got to change the thoughts, and if we change the thoughts, we will be able to change the actions. Uh, so we're called to train our mind, to understand what it means to train our mind. If you ever go get a physical trainer, which obviously I need to do, uh, one thing that they tell you very early in physical training is, man, when you start going in the gym and you're, and you're trying to get in and you're trying to hit the weights and the kettlebells and do your cardio and get all this stuff in, if they're trying to get in shape, they're going to tell you really only about 20% of it is what happens in the gym. 80% of it is what happens in the kitchen. What happens in the restaurant? What happens going into your mouth? In other words, we often think it's about what I do with my body, but the most important thing is what I put in my body. And I think with your mind, we could probably say the same thing. Yes, what you do with your mind matters in the same way that exercise matters and it makes a difference, but what you feed your mind, what you put in your mind, is going to determine if you're renewing your mind or not. This is not good news for us in 2022 America because we consume a whole lot of junk with our minds. We consume a whole lot of stuff that isn't beneficial, that isn't encouraging, that isn't true, that isn't from God. We put a whole lot of stuff up here that doesn't look like Jesus, and then we're frustrated that our life doesn't reflect what the Word of God says it should look like. 80% is what we're putting in. If you start putting the right stuff in, you'll start getting the right 
stuff out. Philippians 4.8 puts it this way. We read it last week in the NIV. Let's read it this week in the New Living. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It's the Apostle Paul again. By the way, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this, he's in prison. He's about to die for telling people about Jesus. And as he says, one final thing before he goes and gets his head cut off for the glory of God, what does he say? One final thing, Jesus let me down. One final thing, I don't understand why I've done the right thing and I've got the wrong results. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's not what Paul says. Why? Because this is a man who has won the war in the mind. This is a man who has put these things into practice. And so as he faces death, For having done nothing wrong, he says, fix your thought. That word fix is multiple, it's multi-purpose in the South, right? In the South, you can fix a lot of things. You can fix a car. You can fix your hair. You can be fixing to go somewhere, right? He, He says, fix your mind, right? So in other words, I don't think this is a repair sense that you need to repair your mind. I think he's saying, set it. Man, put your mind that, that it's not going anywhere. It is fixed on the right things, on what is true, on what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so if you look at that checklist like I do, and you see your thought life doesn't measure up to that, you got a battle to fight. You got a war to win. You've got to take up your sword and go to war with the thoughts in your mind. In the New King James, it finishes up this way. He says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate. What comes to your mind when you hear the word meditation? Do you imagine somebody with their legs crossed and their fingers, uh, and they're saying, um, and, right? So, so we this, have this picture of Eastern meditation, which is a thing, uh, but it's not the only type of meditation. So one other definition of meditation is this. It says to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. When the Bible tells us to meditate on certain things, I think this is what the Bible is talking about. It's not talking about crossing your legs and emptying your mind. A lot of times that's what Eastern meditation is, is actually getting stuff out of your mind. We're not so much focused on getting stuff out of your mind. We're focused on getting the right stuff into your mind. That's what's going to benefit you. That's what's going to bless you. So we're going to engage in mental exercise and focus our thoughts. In Psalm 119.15, it says, I meditate on your precepts. And consider your ways. What is his precepts? It's the law. It's what the word of God has to say. Man, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to feast on my mind on what the word says. What is that? It's renewing my mind. It's getting the the flesh out, the natural life out, these old thoughts out, and getting God's thoughts in. Psalm 143.5, it says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. So again and again, the Word of God tells us to meditate, to focus our thoughts. When I was a kid, I, I loved the Karate Kid movie. In fact, first time I watched Karate Kid, I was like, I don't know, five years old, and I thought I knew karate because I watched Karate Kid. Uh, in fact, I remember being like five or six years old and telling the kid, oh yeah, I know karate. Uh, I did not know karate, uh, right? Well, 
Unfortunately, like with all the movies from my childhood, they remade it many years later, and the remake doesn't live up to the original, in my opinion. Uh, and so instead of Mr. Miyagi in the new movie, they have Jackie Chan, uh, who plays a, a guy named Mr. Han, I think is his name. Uh, and in one scene, Jackie is, is training uh, the, the star of the show, uh, Jaden Smith, uh, and he, he, he's talking to him, and he tells him, he's talking about focus, telling him how he needs to focus, and he, the, the kid thinks he's got enough focus, but Jackie's convincing him that he doesn't have enough focus, and, and then he finally tells him this. He says, your focus needs more focus, right? I, I think for many of us, that's some really good advice today, that your focus needs more focus. In other words, let's start focusing on focusing, Let's start focusing on, on what are we going to focus on, on putting the right stuff into our mind. We've got to train our minds towards truth. It won't just happen. You've got to train your mind towards truth. Have you ever trained a pet to, to go outside to use the bathroom or a cat to use the cat box? Those, they usually, cats figure it out pretty quick. Have you ever had to potty train a child? Um, potty training is work. It is work, it can be miserable, it's messy, it's smelly, uh, there's a lot of times that things don't end up where you think that they should, and can I tell you, training your mind can be messy. Training your mind can stink. Training your mind can end up in things not resulting where you think they should be all the time. Just the other day, our two-year-old has decided that he's going to start pooping in the potty, uh, and he knows that's what other people do, and he knows that's where it's supposed to go, uh, and so we walk into the bathroom, and he has taken his diaper off, and there's poop all over the bathroom, because he got close. He knew the poop goes in the bathroom, right? Like, that's where it goes. That's where it belongs, uh, and for us, it's like it would be so much nicer if it was in the diaper where it belongs, but for him, he's trying to get it where it goes, and sometimes when you're trying to get something where it goes, you're trying to get your mind where it goes, it might be a little messier than it was before you started. Don't give up. In Jesus' name, Noah is going to potty train. In Jesus' name, he's going to make it to the potty. And that poop's going to go where the poop goes. And we're not going to have to wipe his booty anymore. And we're not going to have to have a trash can full of crap in our house, right? Like... Is it okay to say that from the pulpit? It's the reality. We got a poop can. It's just the truth, right? That's potty training. That's diapers. That's what it goes through. But you go through the process where sometimes it gets worse before it gets better because you know there's better on the other side. How awful would it have been if your parents had just given up on potty training you and said, you know what? It's just too much work. We'll just keep you in diapers. What, what would your life look like if you had to roll around in Depends all day, every day? Because your parents didn't love you enough to sacrifice enough to train you to get your stuff where it's supposed to go. Right? That's what we're trying to do with this series. Trying to empower you to get your stuff where it's supposed to go. So don't get discouraged. Don't get thrown off. If this doesn't happen overnight, it won't. Nine times out of ten, it won't. There are supernatural moves of God where he will supernaturally do something, and that's amazing, and I'm grateful for it. But most of the time, he says, I want you to renew your mind. Most of the time, he wants you to engage in the process. 
And so I would go in with the assumption that he's asking you to engage the process. And if he just does it for you, praise God, celebrate it. But don't expect that because most of the time that's not the way that he works. You've got to train your mind towards truth. Last week we asked the question, what is the number one stronghold that's holding you back? What stronghold is holding you back? You may have thought that we were going to stop with this last week and move on to something else this week, but I want to bring this back up to your mind. Because then the second question we ask is, number two, what truth then demolishes that stronghold? I hope you did this exercise last week. I hope that you began to engage in the battle. If you didn't, it's okay. We're going to start this week. But the first thing you got to do is identify the number one stronghold. We're going to fight that. And then we're going to identify the truth that demolishes that stronghold. So I've told you to do those things. Here's what we're going to do this week with those things. I want you to write it down. Then I want you to think it. Then I want you to confess it. In other words, speak it out loud until you believe it. So this may take longer than a week. This may take longer than a month. You may have some confessions that you have to hold on to for years as you're reprogramming your mind and retraining your mind. But I want you to write it down. What is not the stronghold? I want you to write down the truth. What is the truth that demolishes that stronghold? You're going to write it down. You're going to think it. You're going to meditate on it. You're going to let it begin to to move in your mind. Then you're going to confess it. In other words, you're going to speak it out loud. Why? Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're writing down a truth that lines up with the word of God that stands on his word, and then we're going to speak it because as we speak it, we're going to begin to believe it. We're building faith. We're going to confess it until we believe it. Now, for some things, that may happen really quickly. Man, it, it may happen within a week. It may happen within a month. For some, this may be a long, ongoing process. I can't guarantee you how long it will take, but I can guarantee you it will work. You can take control of that stronghold and renew your mind by doing this. We write it. We think it, we confess it, until we believe it. We write it, we think it, we confess it, until we believe it. That is the pattern. So let me give you some examples today, rather than just talking in abstract terms. Here's some specifics. Let's say you're struggling to know God's will. Here's what you're going to write down, something like this, that my life belongs to God. Daily I seek him, and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice, and he leads me to his perfect will. Now, now, for some of you, you immediately push back on that because right now you don't daily seek him, right? So, so when it, we're confessing these, these, these things in faith, we're training your brain that you daily seek him because if you train your brain that you daily seek him, then guess what? You're going to daily seek him. So don't worry about, hey, well, this isn't true. This is a lie. I don't daily seek God. That's not, that's not where you need to go here. What you need to do is you're going to speak what you want to see. You're going to speak it in faith. You're going to claim it in faith. You're going to train your brain that this is what I'm going to see come out in my life, even though right now you may not always see these things coming out. All right, let's say you're lacking confidence. You're going to write something like this. My confidence is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. Now, there's a whole lot of other ways you could write that out. And if you have another way you want to write it, God lays a different verse on your your heart. Man, I'm not saying these are the words you got to write and you got to claim. I'm just trying to give you some examples, okay? Trying to get your, your mind started. I want you to put down what you feel like God's leading you to claim and confess over your life. But whatever it is, you're going to write it. You're going to meditate on it. You're going to think it. You're going to confess it and say it out loud until you believe it. Let's say you're fighting lustful thoughts. You're going to claim, I am not a slave to lustful thoughts. 
because God has purified my mind. I will honor him with my eyes and with my thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, he will always give me a way out. Let's say you find comfort in food. You need deliverance from that. You're going to write down and you're going to claim when I'm stressed, I turn to God, not to food. I come to Jesus because he is what I need. In him, I find strength and comfort. Teresa <laughs> says, stand with me. Bear my burdens. Say you're battling worry. You're going to write down, because of Jesus, I am not anxious about anything. You may be anxious about a lot of things. But you're going to start claiming, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. If you're battling worry. Whatever it is, whatever your battle is, whatever that looks like for you, you're going to write it, think it, meditate on it, confess it until you believe it. If you'll engage with this process, I truly believe you will see victory. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Wherever your strongest thoughts are going, that is where your mind is going to go. This is the battle that you have to win. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Worship team, if you guys will come down and join me and help me put a, a wrap on this message. I want to share with you as they come down my confessions that I've started in the last couple of days. I wish I could say I've been doing this for years. I wish I could say that I've been winning this battle for years. I haven't. Um, so I'm right there with you. I'm right there at the beginning of the battle. I'm right there taking up my sword and going into this. Um, but just to give you some examples, here's what I'm speaking over my life the last couple of days, and, and I plan to be speaking over my life uh, for quite a while. I'm sure these will evolve and tweak and things will pop up. Maybe some will drop off. Some will be reworded. But here's where I'm taking my thoughts and my confessions. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, Melody, and I will lay down my life for her. My kids will love God, and they will serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for the kingdom than they can imagine. I love people, and I choose to believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Jesus in me is stronger than the wrong desires and bad habits in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day because of Christ. My family is closer. My mind is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit is in me and is empowering me the world will be different and better today because I serve Jesus. I wish I could say my life lived up to every sentence I just read you. It doesn't. But it will. It will. I've written it down. I'm thinking it. I'm declaring it and confessing it. And I'm going to believe it. And as I believe it, it's going to come out in my life because my life is always moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. I can't have a positive life with a negative mind. And so I'm choosing 
to speak the things, to believe the things, to train my mind in the direction of the things that I want to see happen in my life. This is who I want to be. It's who God has called me to be. And I'm choosing to move in that direction. And I invite you into this process with me. Take your mind back. Would you stand with me? I'm going to speak some confessions over you, church. And then we're going to close in a worship song. I don't know what your stronghold is. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I put down some things that I believe will empower you, will speak to you, will, will help you. And I believe somebody in this room needs to hear these things. Somebody watching online needs to hear these things. So I'm going to declare them over you. Christian, you are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in you. And so you have divine power to demolish strongholds. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. Christian, you are not what you did. You are who God says that you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are chosen. He says you are accepted. He says you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and that is who you are. You are not a hostage any longer to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of the world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the Word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master any longer. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, your mind, and your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but your God has given you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You shall not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to your addiction. Jesus Christ has set you free, and it is for freedom he has set you free. You have been rescued from the power of darkness, and you walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for you to have. Your God will bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not demons, not the past, not height, nor depth, no power on earth can separate you from the love of Jesus. See, church, most of life's battles are won or lost, right? And if we can get our mind right, if we can take back our mind, there is no limit to the power the church can walk in in a dark, hurting, broken, lost world. But if the enemy can keep us captive up here, there is a very, very low ceiling on the impact we can ever make out there. Why is it so important for God's people to get free? Because God has sent us to bring freedom to the captives. God has sent us to the hurting and the broken out there. And the only way we will ever make an impact for them is if we win the war right here. So let's take up our swords. Let's go to battle. Let's claim the truth that demolishes the stronghold. Write it down. Type it out. Put it on paper somewhere. And then think on it. Meditate on it. Claim it, confess it, and until you believe it, and you will. And you will. Everybody say, I will. Say, I will. Praise God. I've asked the worship team to close us with a song we haven't done in a while, but it's called Champion. And it's a song that sings about what Jesus has already done, how he's already won the victory for us. 
So all we have to do is receive the victory he's given us and the bridge is gonna say this, I have the authority that Jesus has given me. Why are we singing this? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is biblical, this is true, and you need to believe it that you have the authority he has given you to demolish strongholds, to take every thought captive.